Blog Talk Radio.
From seven. So we're going to talk about self determination. And as I'm ignoring you. If you're in the chat, Please type your questions in all capitals so that I can see them in Blog Talk Radio. And you can also dial 845-277-9143. As someone else has already done, area code 973. I'm going to be with you momentarily. Please just give me a moment. And of course, in Blog Talk, I'm sorry, of course, in YouTube, you can type your comments and requests um, directly into the chat in all capital letters, and I'll be more than happy to um, address you. I'm only seeing T. Warner and Kiona, and, and I know my sister, Wapani, is here. She's a uh, moderator. Something is not working right now, and I'm going to have to fix that. But I want to talk about from a historical perspective of self-determination. I want to talk in a little bit more detail. Um, well, first, I'm going to talk about something I saw on, on Amazon this morning that sort of motivated me. I like a lot of documentaries, news, news-oriented, educationally-oriented uh, programming. So I watch a lot of documentaries. And I've been in a lot of documentaries, and I'm continuing to create um, more documentaries to come in 2020. So please look for that. I'm grateful for the Travel Channel. I'm grateful for the History Channel. I'm grateful for uh, Nat Geo. grateful for all the opportunities to bring authentic culture and tradition, particularly to relate to voodoo, voodoo, obea, root work, conjure, uh, in a way that is uh, accessible to the mass, to the community. So I was watching earlier today a documentary called White Savior, Racism in the American Church. And despite the progress many see in the U.S. over the years, it's become increasingly clear that the deep roots of racism and white supremacy continue to run through our political, cultural, and religious institutions. White Savior explores the historic relationship between racism and American Christianity, the ongoing separation of the church in the U.S., and the complexity of racial reconciliation. I would add that not only American Christianity, but American spirituality, and often the way that people who reside in the West who participate in, in the West, how we affect what American or Western spirituality is. When we look at the 
the numbers of people who are black people in particular who are leaving the church. Uh, we know there are white people leaving the church as well, but particularly black people in context with Buddhism who are leaving the church and are now utilizing things like Ancestry.com and 23andMe to get a better understanding of who they are, who we are. And, and Kuji Chagalia is about self-determination. Uh, we saw uh, a period in the 70s that still exists today, a sort of the recreation of names. And mothers began to name their children anything really that they wanted to. Uh, they made up names. They mimicked names. They Africanized names in the absence of really having a real connection to or source of information about lineage, about heritage, about who they are and where they're from. So today we have this DNA tool, Ancestry.com, 23andMe. I I should be getting a check from both of you companies. (laughs) And many other companies, uh, African Ancestry, that I've promoted uh, on, on the site on blogs, on live, on um, YouTube as a tool for not just getting better acquainted with who you are, self-determination, but also then how do you step into a more indigenous practice, a more indigenous world tradition that's in line with your genetics, that's in line with your DNA history, with your ancestral history, that is, embedded in your blood, that's embedded in your DNA structure. So the idea of self-determination takes on a whole nother uh, level of importance for me. And I came in contact with, um, I'm still not seeing anyone else in the chat right now. I don't know what's going on. Something weird is going on in the chat. So if you're watching and, and you're still with me on YouTube, um, don't leave just because you can't chat and comment. Um, you can always call me at Blog Talk Radio until I can figure out what's going on with the live chat. And you can call me at 845-277-9143. In fact, area code 973. I'm going to go ahead and unmute your mic. Divine, all blessed greetings and salutations. Are you with me, beloved? Yes, hi. Happy Friday. This is my first time calling in. Yes, who's calling? Uh, my name is Tina. Do you do readings? Can we ask questions? Um, I do. I, I will answer questions. Um, understand you're live not only on radio, but you're also live right now on, on YouTube, even though we can't see you. And so I want to say greetings, salutations. I try not to um, address really personal stuff live on the air so I can address your questions if they are sort of general, um, if they also have a relevance or importance to other people who are also hearing your reading right now live on the air. And if, you, and if you're in agreement with that, um, you can start asking your questions. Otherwise, I would. Yes, I wanted to ask about a relationship with my boyfriend, Sean. Yeah, you're asking for a, a personal reading live on air, beloved. And yes. so I would appreciate yes. you sending an email 
to Divine Prince at houseofthedivineprince.com, and I'll be more than happy to assist you with that. I don't do I don't do Thank personal you. stuff. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your calling. So self determination is different than just how we name ourselves, how we define ourselves. Um, it's it's really about a way of life, about us stepping into and living up to many of the monikers and names and ideas that we profess, that we proclaim uh, from any position, from any religious position, from any philosophical position, if you will. So in watching this documentary, I came in contact with this word, intersectionality. And intersectionality, I-N-T-E-R-S-E-C-T-I-O-N-A-L-I-T-Y, is a theoretical framework for understanding how aspects of one's social and political identities like gender, race, class, sexuality, disability, might combine to create unique modes of discrimination against first white women, but then this idea was was, uh, addressed by black women who first, and this is uh, explained in a great detail in this documentary, White Savior, Racism in the American Church, and the idea that feminism was a construct for and, and and for the support of and the benefit of white women and did not include the the idea, the conditions that black women face in, in society, particularly as it relates to oppression, racism. And, and so these words like intersexuality um, took on new form as black activists address them. So another word is triple oppression. And triple oppression really predates uh, the, the word usage intersectionality. Triple oppression is a theory developed by black socialists in the United States, such as Claudia Jones. And the theory states that a connection exists between various types of oppression, specifically classism, racism, and sexism. It hypothesizes that all three types of oppression need to be overcome at once. It also refers to as double jeopardy or Jane Crow or triple exploitation. So the idea, the notion that we deal with oppression, white supremacy, systematic economic conditions that have uh, its roots in antebellum slavery and the old old world that we like to think of as being something so far remote in in our past. But the truth is that our our country and many people and families and systems within our country gained a great deal of monetary wealth that in modern numbers will be calculated an unimaginable um, amount. I don't know if it's trillions, 
I don't know if it's even a larger number than that in terms of the value of our free labor, the value of our forced labor. And so this shows up as it relates to how we self-identify, how we look at ourselves and identify ourselves in, in this environment in which we exist, particularly when we consider what voodoo and Ifa and, and many of these other West African-based systems are. Because understand, they don't view colonialism. They don't often view slavery through the same prism that we do. It does not mean that our brothers and sisters don't self-identify, don't self-educate, don't travel to the West and to great universities and and gain access and information about um, our joint history, our joint heritage. But it is taught differently, and it is often propagandized in a different kind of way in the West African nation than what it is here. And so there's this reinforcement of an idea about who we are and who they are and what being African is that predates our desire to operate in in Pujichagalia today in this present moment in time space when we consider all the other things that that we are, we're more than just one thing. We're more than just one idea. We're more than just a reflection of our mother or a reflection of our father. But we're also a reflection of our brothers and our sisters, our siblings, our kin, our community, our, our neighborhood, our, our co-workers, excuse me, co-workers or our working environment, if you will, so that then led me to look at a document called the Investigating a Tabby Slave Cabin. And this is something that I've made reference to over the years. You've heard me talk about uh, scientists finding this, archaeologists finding these, these white rocks and these white objects um, in, in slave compounds or, or in the hearth or under the flooring of, of where we lived and where we would have had our activity and the in the idea that they're trying to piece together the evidence that our self-identity, that our Kuji Chakalia was not somehow just disrupted, interrupted, broken up during the process of enslavery, enslavement, creating this environment uh, that we still reference today of not knowing our names, not knowing our gods, not knowing our languages, somehow being born anew in America. And there are black people today say, I'm not African, I have nothing to do. Greg, grandmama and them knew, you know, et cetera. Um, the idea of all that we know today with our internet with our ability to use Skype and, and WhatsApp and, and other applications to communicate with, with as the people of the world we now have a completely different platform in which to continue to build Kuji Chakalia 
And so I want to share just a little bit, not a whole lot. I'm going to turn this into a, a, a paid lesson a classroom, though it is a classroom. And I invite your questions and comments uh, on both my Blog Talk Radio as well as my YouTube Live. The Blog Talk Radio area code 845-791-3845-277-9143. I welcome your questions, comments, and requests. Let's just remember we live on air, okay? So if I can't do your health, your love and relationships, your personal business live on air if you expect me to be truthful, if you expect me to really stop Go into spirit, tap your energy, and bring that energy, that information um, forward. I am welcoming questions that we all can learn from, we all can gain from, we all get some fruit from, and then move forward. Um, so I welcome your questions in the chat in all capital letters. Thank you so much, Kiona, for your assistance. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the uh, chat right now. So all my chat settings are off, so give me a moment or some time to get them together. Please do type your questions and comments that you wish me to respond to or to read out loud in all capital letters so that I can separate it from the rest of the general love and support that goes on in the chat. Greetings, Jennifer Anderson, naturally, um, naturally Tyra, um, anyone who I haven't named directly, Kimberly Obley, I'm, I'm certainly honored by you all being present. Type your questions and comments in all capital letters. I'll be more than happy to, to respond. So let me share a little bit of this truth in order for you to understand where I'm at right now and, and maybe where you are too right now in terms of self-identity. Chagalia, self-determination. More than just renaming yourself but truly determining your journey, your path, your next step, your obligation, your commitments in the world. In order to understand the history of the United States of America, it's important to understand the period of time when slavery existed. Slavery was filled with incidents of brutality, punctuated here and there by moments where individuals reached across the barriers of race, gender, and class to be decent to each other. Kingsley's plantation offers the opportunity to encounter this double-faced reality in the complex lives of an anti- Majikin Ndiaye, who was renamed Anna Kinsley, and Zephaniah Kinsley. Now listen, this is an important story. Many of you have never heard this before. Don't be put off by, you know, uh, uh, individuals reaching across barriers of race, gender, and class. I assure you, many of you have never, ever, 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 ever heard this story before. <laughs> so, in terms of losing our names, losing our identity, being stripped of our gods, uh, being stripped of our, our ancestors, we have a unique case. If you want to look it up, investigate, 
This is the title, Investigating a Tabby, T-A-B-B-Y, Slave Captain. And, and it's written up, drawn up, created for educators to then share this information um, as, as teachers in, in various learning formats. So during Florida's colonial plantation period, 1763 to 1865, Fort George Island was owned by many planters, you might say slave owners. The site name comes from one of the owners, Zephaniah Kinsley. In 1814, Kinsley moved to Fort George Island with his wife and three children. A fourth child would be born on this plantation. His wife, Anta Maggie Jen. I'm not sure how she got this name, but his wife, Anta Maggie Jen, NDIA, was from Senegal, Africa, and was purchased by Kinsley as a slave in 1806. She actively participated in plantation management, acquiring her own land and slaves when she was freed by Kinsley in 1811. This account reveals an often hidden fact that some slave owners married their slaves and that former slaves in America went on to, went on to own other slaves. Another important um, piece to this story, which is why I'm bringing it forward to you now, is also the idea that the Kinsley's sort of allowed for an African present, a Native American present to be represented um, within their slave camp, within their slave family. Um, part of the importance of their story, if I were to skip ahead to their story, is the, the archaeological documentation about this Kingsley plantation. Many of the slaves that lived during Zephaniah Kingsley's era 1814 to 1839, were African-born or the children of Africans. A list of Kingsley's slaves prior to his arrival on Fort George Island provides examples of their nationality or language. And they include the Igbo, the Caliban, Rio Pongo, the Sosho, or the Shoshu, and the Zingwebor. Kingsley allowed his Africans to keep their tribal names instead of forcing anglicized names upon them. Christian names, I'm sorry, African names, anglicized means Christian. African names that the uh, descendants of this plantation uh, had were Kwamila, Speechy, Mbadni, Tita, Aibo, Cabo. M. Shuma, Motoro, Tamasia, Anobia. And Kingsley also allowed children born on his plantation to be given African names, such as the boy named Baju and another boy named Mtoto, the Swahili word for children. Zephaniah and Anna Kingsley are most remembered here. But much of the history of the Kingsley Plantation was made by the hundreds of enslaved Africans and their descendants who did much of the working, living, and
and dying here. Beyond a rare list of names, these men, women, and children are virtually absent from the historic records. This erasure from history is true for enslaved men and women throughout the Americas. Without written records, this lost history can only be brought back to life through archaeology. The birthplace of African American archaeology can be traced to the Kingsley Plantation. The birthplace of African American archaeology is traced to this plantation, the Kingsley Plantation, where in 1968, archaeologists first began to search for artifacts that reflected African identity. This identity is most easily seen within the realm of spirituality or religion, which is resistant to change. However, the physical remains of such practices are extremely subtle. This also is a response to some degree to Adrian's question on yesterday about why do we feed material things to some material representation of a power or force or spirit, and then what are the sort of levels of importance to that? And so without finding these things, this evidence of these feedings, these offerings, this ritualized practice, a great deal of our, our history and our connection to who we were before enslavement would be lost. And so that's why this story is so important to not just voodoo, hoodoo, root work, conjure, and clarifying the, the authentic footprint of these traditions. Look, before commercialism, before the Britannicas, before 800 numbers, before anyone could sign up to be a tarot reader, before anyone could sign on to be a, a, a self-proclaimed psychic, we have a footprint of history, an archaeological footprint of our practice, of our African identity now being documented at the archaeological, at the academic level. This identity is most easily seen within the realms of spirituality and religion, which is resistant to change. However, the physical remains of such practices are extremely subtle. The most spectacular finds relating to African spirituality was the remains of a chicken found under the floor of a slave cabin. The chicken was buried with an unbroken egg, a glass bead, and a piece of iron. Animal sacrifice is still practiced by some cultures in Africa to mark the birth and death um, and as sacrifice to specific deities. The chicken may have been sacrificed to appease earth spirits disturbed during the initial construction of the cabin. The particular deer leg buried in the doorway of an adjacent cabin may be of a similar offering, according to this document. In addition to animal remains, the Igbo have a strong tradition of placing iron house charms in doorways to prevent any harm from entering the house. This is a root connection to why we mount iron horseshoes till this day over our house 
and often associate not just Eshu, Elegba. Eshu was kept outdoors, by the way. Elegba, or Legba, in the corner behind the front door. But why there has still been a, a footprint of association between Legba and Ogu, even now in America, the symbol of iron, and, and that too being somewhere located in the vicinity, if not mounted, um, directly uh, over the door. In 2006, an agricultural hoe was found buried in the back doorway of a cabin. A similar placement of another hoe, an axe blade, and other iron objects were found scattered near the back door. Um, near the back door of a cabin in 1968. Archaeologists believe the placement of these objects were intentional. As one researcher stated, many houses are protected by charms, which are found hanging above the doorway or buried in the floor of the house or outside the building. Uh, this was noted by Awo Lalu in 1979. The placement of an iron object buried in or near the doorway of a house could be highly significant. There is a belief in many African cultures that beads have supernatural power and can be worn to provide protection from harm. Archaeologists recovered several blue beads from two slave cabins. The beads varied in shape and size, suggesting that they were selected specifically for their color. Evidence from other antebellum plantations suggests that other, that the color blue, forgive me, that the color blue had spiritual or religious significance. So this is a, a one of many documents that I've referred to over the years in the course of doing this broadcast in terms of the archaeological finds and discovery of evidence that we didn't put down our God, put down our research. In my words, I coined these words, we didn't forget how to count just because we were now forced to make this, this middle passage into the new world. We indeed could remember to count, therefore we could remember to drum, therefore we could remember the cycles of the moon, the cycles of the sun, uh, and our ritual connection to nature as it related to our holding on to our God and our deity. Uh, greetings to everyone in my live chat. Please do enter your questions, comments, and requests in all capital letters so that I can see them and distinguish them um, from the rest of the activity that might be going on um, in the chat. I still got people missing, and I don't understand that. I still don't see my sister, who we just discussed her being here, like, right before we came on here. And I can't see her in chat. But I welcome each and every one of you who, who are present. Thank you so much, Keona, for, for your assistance. Um, I don't want to reboot or refresh the show if the video and the audio is playing clearly. So I'll just work on the chat later. The chat is not operating properly in Blog Talk Radio either. It keeps refreshing itself 
and asking me to reload. So if you have a question, comment, or request, you can type it in YouTube Live in all capital letters, and I should be able to see it, except for the people who are somehow not showing up. And, of course, you can call me at 845-277-9143, We're talking about who Jagalia. We're talking about... Beatrice and Lindsay Martin, Jennifer Anderson, naturally Tyler, Keona Living Magic, downstairs, um, T Warner, Kimberly, um, whoever else I may not be seeing right now in the chat. We're talking more than just our We're talking more than We're not going to practice the religion of our, you know, or of society or of your particular cultural religion in the world. Understanding that this show is the people who live in the right now who don't have a choice to live, are choosing a name just another religion, another belief system. In the West. Only about me, myself, and I. Only about my coins, my lyrics, my, my acquisitions, my material things. Self determination is more about later in the week. We can't address without. Unification in the community level. Self determination, same thing. We can either only look with our own understanding to meet our own wants, but we can God and God is good. It also seeks to lay down people behind us can stand on it. Let our name changing be authentic and, and be based in something of, of truth and be based in something that we you know in our family, in our kids of information. Stay gone because you put it in, or, or what that was. Um, thank you so much for being present, Kiona. Thank you so much for being present. All don't know one Wakani is my blood. We share a mother and a well-renowned author. She's written a book and might be actively working on her next three books. Um, she added crochet like I want you to. Creates all sorts of things. Uh, my beloved, 
it's all sorts of things. Everybody in the house can make things, produce things, it's enjoyable. Um, so I, I appreciate um, the view sent to me um, in terms of my and uh, helping me to sort of make in terms of what's happening in the group. I Settings in YouTube Live, so things should be back to normal. You should be able to re- refresh, and things should be back to normal. I cannot. Um, oh, okay, well, Pony, <laughs> um, refresh my. Uh, we're talking about Kuji Chagalia. Appreciate your questions. them and respond to them. Chat is not working quite right in my uh, in my Block Talk Radio. I can read a Block Talk Radio studio. Might be able to fix that without uh, ending my Block Talk Radio show. Abrupt end yesterday was not by any means anything that I did. Uh, it was a technological thing. I'm not sure if it was on my end or, or in my browser or, or in Block Talk Radio itself. Um, but my Block Talk Radio chat is now active. You can type your questions, comments, requests in all capital letters. And of course, you can dial 845 